0: Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Lauren and this is Liam. Hello, hello. We're going to start off with a conversation about Alyssa Alyssa Milano's abortions, plural there. Uh, Then we're going to be going into some of the controversy surrounding the upcoming Minds New Jersey event, which we will both be at. Then we're going to go into the new woke versions of The Simpsons, which is just... Not a funny version, if you ask me. And we're going to finish off the show with a discussion about how apparently when women cheat on their husbands, it's actually because they love them. Did you Mm. know that?
1: Very virtuous.
0: Yeah, very noble of them to stay with their husbands while simultaneously sleeping with other men. But before we get into that, we do have a very special message from our lovely sponsors over at ExpressVPN. So wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it just be amazing if all of these tech companies operated without any political bias... Would be would be great, right? Unfortunately, not going to happen as we've seen so far. Um, you know, these tech companies like Google—they've bragged about donating millions of dollars to Hillary Clinton. And I don't know about you guys, uh, but when I, when I look at everything they're doing with censoring conservatives, collecting our data, donating to Democrat. Uh, parties, I just don't feel comfortable with them having all of my personal info, right? They're just not the guys that I want to trust with that. Um, So that's why I use ExpressVPN every single time I go online. Um, You know, big tech companies, they can match your internet activity to your identity using your public IP address. What VPNs like ExpressVPN do is they anonymize your identity. So they can't tell where you are or who you are when you browse online. Um, ExpressVPN also encrypts all of your data, making sure you're safe from hackers when you're entering things like your password or your credit card information. And I know this all sounds complicated. Uh, until a few years ago, I had never used a VPN, but ExpressVPN is super easy to install. It just takes about a minute on your computer or your mobile device. And once it's installed, you just click one button and that's it. You are protected and you're covered. Um, so right now, today, you can protect Protect your online activity and get three months free at expressvpn.com lauren. That's expressvpn.com lauren, and it's three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com lauren to learn more. And really, guys, uh, I, if you're online a lot, if you're, I don't know, just your emails, whatever you're doing, I really recommend that you protect yourself and your family online because when it comes to things like uh, cybersecurity, a lot of people think, I don't need to worry about that, but...
1: It won't happen to me. Exactly. Right.
0: Um, unfortunately, that's not always the case.
1: Yeah. I mean, one thing I wanted to say about them, I guess, also, is that what's what I like about them is that they actually cater to conservatives, mm-hmm. but not just not just to conservatives, but they actually have an express ad just for conservatives, which a lot of companies, I feel, like to throw them under the bus mm-hmm. um, for virtue signaling purposes. Yeah. So. And
0: that's anytime so. we have a sponsor on, on our show, um, you know, I really appreciate the fact that not only they're offering a good product, but they're willing to, mm-hmm. I guess, kind of not even, I don't take it as them condoning everything I say, but they're not afraid to advertise with us, which is something, unfortunately, we don't see all that often. Yeah. Um, So Alyssa Milano, um, we all know her. We've talked about her on this show before. She's... An actress, but she's been a very vocal feminist and Me Too advocate for the past few years, it feels like. Uh, Recently, she also shared her own experiences with abortion. So apparently, she's not only had an abortion, but she's actually had two just a couple months apart. Like, we're talking within the same year. double kill. Oh, that's, yeah. I mean, it's gruesome, but it's accurate. Uh, This is what Fox News had to say about it. Alyssa Milano says she has no regrets about two abortions. Quote, I would not have my career. So Alyssa Milano, 46, revealed in the latest episode of her podcast this week that she made the devastating decision to have two abortions while in a serious relationship in 1993. Milano, who was in her early 20s and had just finished working on Who's the Boss at the time, said she knew she wasn't ready to be a mother, according to People. I chose. It was my choice, she said on Alyssa Milano, sorry, not sorry. And it was absolutely the right choice for me it was not an easy choice continued milano who is a vocal pro choice advocate it was not something i wanted but it was something that i needed like most healthcare is okay stop right there so i think the the idea that you need an abortion i'm i'm not going to pretend that there are some pregnancies that uh, are sorry yeah aren't viable because of course that happens sometimes it unfortunately is a question of you know, an ectopic pregnancy, which of course, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, can't be carried to term. There are certain situations where the mother health is at risk and those are heartbreaking. But when we're talking about, it seems like situations that she was in, you didn't need the abortion, right? You wanted it. And it's like, obviously that was, you were able to, you got one. I just think we should be more clear. You didn't need it. You wanted it because it was more convenient to you. Mm -hmm. Um, she continues, it was devastating. She admitted, I was raised Catholic and was suddenly put in conflict with my faith, a faith I was coming to realize empowered only men to make every single decision about what I was allowed and what was not allowed. She said she also found out she was pregnant for a second time just months after her first abortion. I had done what I knew to prevent pregnancy and was still pregnant, so once again I made the right decision to end that pregnancy, she said. Milano said she looks back on the decision without regret. I would not have my children, uh, my Beautiful, perfect, loving, kind, and inquisitive children who have a mother who was so very, very ready for them, she said. I would not have my career. I would not have the ability or platform I used to fight against oppression with all my heart. I would never have met my amazing husband, David, whose steadfast and immeasurable love for me sustains me throughout these terrifying times, according to people. Interesting. Yeah. So there are a couple of different things I want to touch on. Um, So Milano, obviously, she's outspokenly pro-choice. You know, some might even say pro-abortion, which Mm -hmm. I know not all pro-choice people are, but she kind of seems like she falls under that camp where you're not just looking at abortion, even if you support it as like the whole safe, legal, and rare part. Yeah. Um, And I think that's, that's a pet peeve that a lot of people who are both pro-life, and pro-choice have about abortions is the concept of it being used like contraception. Absolutely. Not just a last-ditch, do-what-you-have-to-do thing, but a sort of a willy-nilly, oh, as often as you want, it's always there, always an option. You don't really need to worry too much about it.
1: I mean, that's what stuck out to me is when she she said, end quote, I had done what I knew to prevent pregnancy. It's like... Okay, but did we you really? We know how pregnancy works. It's not like some unsolved great mystery. Like yeah. babies don't spontaneously combust into your womb. We figured A- that out by Unless you're
0: now. like under ten years old, then that is exactly what happens. A stork comes, and that is all you need to know.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but for um, the rest
0: of us, no. Yeah, that's not we how we that
1: know happens. why they happen. And I think it's kind of funny because then she kind of turns and throws some shade at the Catholic Church. Like, (laughs) oh, it's the Catholic Church and the whole feminist narrative that the men get to control everything. But also, like, oh, the Catholic Church doesn't believe in contraception. Yeah. As you might know, contraception is seen as immoral in Catholic teaching. So maybe she's also trying to say, oh, they didn't teach us how to do contraception and, and what have you. But it's like, okay, if your claim is that you're a good Catholic what you seem to be, it was in conflict with my faith and what have you. Yeah, I mean, you You were were clearly, you
0: were using contraception anyway and having sex outside of marriage. You were having sex outside
1: of marriage and then you had an abortion after too. So it's like, I don't know how much, yeah, I don't know how much you could really say, oh, I was a great little churchgoer, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's true. And I mean, the thing is, I I, I don't support abortion. If you watch it, you know that it's not something that I'm I'm a fan of. Um, But still, a lot of studies do show that when they happen... Women a lot of the times are on some form of birth control, Um, but for it to happen to her twice in the same year, it kind of makes me feel like. But were you, what were you doing? Like were you? Because I don't know. For me, if I had been like on a type of pill and then got pregnant, I would probably be more careful the second time. So the fact that it happened twice, it kind of makes me doubt. Like, how careful were you being? Like, what 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 was it that you thought would prevent pregnancy? Because obviously. Uh, it it didn't happen. And I feel like there is this, uh, you know, among the people who who are pro-life, this almost stigma against women who have abortions that, oh, you're just using it like birth control, Mm -hmm. which I don't think is true for a lot of the cases. But hearing stories like this one, this is exactly what pro-life people fear when when it comes to abortion. Um, So I think the message that should be had here, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, is that no birth control is infallible. Right, I mean, the the only one hundred percent surefire way to not get pregnant is abstinence. Um, but of course, even with that being said, two failures in one year is yeah. is like outrageously bad. So well, I something think she was,
1: was intentionally vague with what she knew to do. To yeah, was well, like right. It's like was is she, she
0: alluding to like natural family planning? Or that's something?
1: what I thought it could have been alluding to, or like maybe he was pulling out or something like that. Like just like. Yeah, it could be anything it could have been like, just because even like natural really family useful. planning,
0: at least if you have regular periods, I still think should be, you know, more accurate because the way the human body works, th- there is a window, right, where you can get pregnant and the rest of the time. So even with that being said, these are just very, very bad odds. Um, I-, I also don't like that. She says, she says things like I wouldn't have had my career and stuff. I, you know, this was the right decision because adoption is always a choice right? Um, Granted, maybe she wasn't ready to be a mother, um, in which case I really do think she should have been more careful, but even if you're not ready to be a mother and you still want to have what sounds a lot like unprotected sex, um, there is always the option of adoption, and I feel like the people who are pro-abortion are out in such force that it really kind of, I don't know, it's hard to argue why any woman facing an unplanned pregnancy should go through the pregnancy and put their child up for adoption if abortion is just not a big deal, totally your right, no consequences whatsoever. And I think I know some adopted people and mothers who have adopted children who would very much oppose that mentality. So obviously since this interview, oh sorry it was an interview, since her podcast came out a lot of people are kind of looking at her like Okay, I know you're pro-choice, but this, this sounds sketchy. Um, because, I mean, even if you are pro-choice, the fact that she's not able to look back on that and say, maybe I could have been more careful or something. Like, she says she she didn't regret it made no mistakes. And, like, I'm sorry, two abortions in one year does not happen unless something goes wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I, I'm very much of the idea that, you know, if even if you're pro-life, when you look at women who have had abortions the mentality shouldn't just be condemnation murder because that's all it's going to do is alienate them uh you know you should you should be trying to bring them in and 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 heal them comfort them allow them to come to terms with the reality of what happened but when it's someone like Alyssa Milano it seems like she's almost I think so far pro-choice right now because the other reality is that she's done this awful thing twice in one year yep and I think that's an uncomfortable reality she would have to live with so she's like committed herself ideologically to saying
1: That's part oh, of it. oh oh and part of it right now is I think that the political environment that we're in kind of encourages this behavior because she's probably actually catering to a small group of people that really do support this kind of behavior right well there was there that is whole shout your
0: this. abortion thing which is what yeah. she's doing
1: yeah exactly so I mean I think that she's actually got room to profit off of this in fact in some ways so yeah I mean <sighs> I don't know. I don't say about it, frankly. It's it's, it's just, it's gruesome.
0: Yeah, and and, and that's the thing. There are women out there who have had abortions like Abby Johnson and Kaya Jones, who right now are such... Uh, you know, staunch advocates for the pro-life movement. And it's because they've, you know, had to grapple with the reality of what they've done. And now, you know, their goal is to be there for women who have either gone through the same thing or are in that situation where they're facing unplanned pregnancies. And I think if you're someone who's in the pro-life movement, um, it should be terrifying and heartbreaking to think that Alyssa Milano in the 90s uh, was in a position where she felt she had to get an abortion not once but twice. Right? I think if if you're part of the pro-life movement, uh, as well as educating people about fetal development, so they understand the biological, I guess, reality of what's happening. You know how quickly a heartbeat develops and all of that. Uh, another aspect of it should be also trying to provide, you know, whether it's education, care, counseling, adoption services to women who are already in that situation, right? Because I think a lot of women hindsight's always 2020. But once they're in that situation, the last thing you want is for them to feel like they have no other options. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of really good crisis pregnancy centers out there who, you know, if you are a pregnant woman who doesn't know what to do, they will welcome you with open arms, absolutely no judgment. They will be there whether it's, you know, needing help with doctor's appointments, whether you're ready to tackle parenthood but you're not sure how to do that, you know, diapers, classes, anything like that. And I think, yeah, I mean, it is heartbreaking to think that, she was in this position and her first thought wasn't, oh, adoption, oh, motherhood, it was boom, abortion. Again, mm. not once, but twice. And actually, this this isn't the first time that Alyssa Milano has said questionable things uh, about abortion, because a while ago, this was when all the heartbeat laws were coming into place, places like, uh, I think, Georgia and Alabama. Right. She We did a video about this. She was one of the people who tried to do that whole sex strike thing. She may have actually been the founder. We have a tweet she put out a while ago. Um, she said, our reproductive rights are being erased until women have legal control over our own bodies. We just cannot risk pregnancy. Join me by not having sex until we get bodily autonomy back. I'm calling for a hashtag sex strike, pass it on. Okay. So even right here, she says until women have legal control over our own bodies, we just cannot risk pregnancy. So she's admitting that Sex is always a risk of pregnancy. Why couldn't
1: you have done this like 25 before, years ago whatever, right right? Like I know. It's like she's saying, oh,
0: now we can't have abortions? Oh, well, I guess we should start being careful.
1: Yeah, Like exactly. you should
0: always be being careful. It's not like, I mean, ideally you should be so careful because it's always a reality that you, this law wouldn't affect you. I know stuff doesn't always go to plan, but it seems like she's still like 20 years later in the mindset where she is kind of maybe treating it as if not outright birth control kind of like a plan b which is like the actual plan b i.e. morning after pill should never be your actual plan b you should have many more contingencies than that um so i mean i don't mean to hate on Alyssa milano too much but it's
1: well why not yeah
0: i mean well it's not just that's the thing like i'm not just it's not just what she did 20 years ago it's also her attitude toward it now it feels like she's still on that same mindset yeah absolutely which is really discouraging. And if you're a woman who's like reading her or watching her, I just hope you know that the the picture she's painting of abortion isn't all that there is to it. There are other options and just, yeah, please, twice in one year. Wow, that is that is surely something. All right, our next topic is the Minds event. So if you guys have been watching this show regularly, you will hopefully know by now that this month, August 31st, I-, I think it is, on Saturday, which is Labor Day weekend, uh, we will both be at a conference in Pittman, New Jersey. It's I think it's just called like Minds IRL. It has yeah. like a longer name about ending authoritarianism and racism, but... It's a conference that's being put on by um, minds like Bill Ottman, that platform, as well in partnership with Subverse, Tim Poole's company, and uh, being organized by the Mythicist Milwaukee guys. Love those guys. Absolutely, They're the guys yeah. behind MythCon. Um, so we're going to be there. Sargon, Dankula, Blair White, Shoe on Head, Armored Skeptic, uh, Hunter Avalon, just a, a bunch of different commentators. And also, not, you know, across the political spectrum. All kinds of opinions. Um, You can buy your tickets at irl.minds.com if you're in the area or you would like to go. You can use the code Lauren and it'll save you, I think, 10%. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. There are a bunch of different panels. One on political violence, which I'm on. Oh, sorry, no. One on political violence, one on immigration. I'm on the one about immigration. Also, one about changing your minds. I'm moderating that one. There's one about prohibition, one about comedy online. Um, It's just going to be a great day if you're interested in political and social commentary there's going to be a really great discussion um and you know despite how i mentioned the fact that there's people of all different political beliefs and even actually i was looking i would say there are mainly liberal slash leftists there i think there's only like three or four conservatives so this mm-hmm. is a like a very if not moderate then flat out liberal event um antifa is still throwing a hissy fit.
1: Yeah, well to them, anyone left of like Mao, sorry, right of Mao is, yeah. is you know, not far enough. Well,
0: right? that's the thing, like liberals get the bullet too, right, we, Absolutely. we all remember that. Yeah. Um. So they've been trying to shut down the events, they've uh, been calling the venue, the theater, where it was supposed to happen, and the news we have today is that they've actually succeeded in getting the theater to pull out. Yeah. That's what she said. Not what Alyssa Milano's boyfriend said, but anyway. Um, so, as the Philadelphia Inquirer reports, South Jersey theater cancels event about race relations amid threats from anti-fascist protesters. I love how they paint that. I mean, this yeah. doesn't seem like an overtly like super super leftist outlet, but I mean, still, like, they're just anti-fascist protesters who don't want uh, yes. a, a race event to be Because that's be all
1: that Antifa is, right? right? They're just anti-fascist protesters. They only are against fascists. That's all they do.
0: And actually, I don't even think there is a panel about race relations. I think there's, like, there's one about immigration that I'm on, but that's not race relations. Yeah, so, I'm, not,
1: I'm not sure what all the panels are, frankly. There Yeah, I think this
0: is pretty misleading. Regardless,
1: you'll see that the way that the article is written is definitely... They're trying to mischaracterize the people yeah. that plan the event.
0: So they write, following a social media firestorm and threatened protests, the Broadway theater in Pittman has canceled a controversial event. Not controversial. No one's like this has been planned for months, announced for months. No one had a problem with it. This is not controversial. Uh, event about race relations. Again, not true. That, his organizer said was aimed at, quote, combating racism, violence and authoritarianism. The one day conference sponsored by Minds.com, a cryptocurrency social networking site, had been scheduled for August 31st at the nearly century old, century old theater where Bob Hope and Bing Crosby once played. Very cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Fortunately, not going to happen anymore there. The lineup included 20 speakers, most of them white. I,
1: bad. Yeah. Very bad.
0: How dare they have a mostly white conference in mm-hmm. a mostly white country?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't so, know.
0: Mm. And I, I'm sorry, but like, I, I bet you anything, like, you know, these Antifa protesters are, are white. Of course. Like, they're they're yeah. white. They're probably like upper yeah. middle class. Like We, we know. Um, organizers said it was de- designed to, quote, bring together a diverse group of people with differing viewpoints, those fascists. I think that's literally what Hitler wrote he wanted to do in Mein Kampf, actually bring together a diverse group of viewpoints, and pretty yeah, well, sure.
1: Yeah, also, the the way that it's written in that sentence, it's, it's important to kind of look at these things, but they say, oh, they're all white and the the people that plan the event want to bring together a diverse view, uh, uh, diverse views, right? Yeah. Which is like, the author, what he's trying to say is, yeah, the planners are lying because they're all white. They can't have diverse views.
0: Yeah, which is also, I mean, there are a lot of white people, but there are also a lot of not white people. Tim Pool's mixed race. I'm mixed race. Melissa Chen is there. Josephine Mathias is yeah. there. I mean, it's... To, to say that I all, yep, they all look white therefore they're probably just Nazis talking about how great whiteness is yeah. like okay. and if they are all
1: white they all must subscribe to one, mm-hmm. one viewpoint of course
0: and actually I, I mean if I remember correctly a lot of the progressives are also white so do they is their mm. progressive viewpoint not valid anymore because they're white I don't know um, they continue an after party was also planned at another venue. The event organizers said they hoped to hold the forum at another location in the region. In recent days, controversy surrounding the event escalated and its planners said they had received threats of violence from anti fascist protesters known as Antifa. No Hate New Jersey launched a telephone and social media campaign urging the theater to cancel the event. The venue's Twitter account was hacked for several hours Friday and a message was posted that it had been taken over. A theater official said Tuesday it was not known who was responsible for the hacking. We had a discussion with the event organizer over the weekend, Daryl Blood, the theater's business manager, said Tuesday it was mutually decided that the Broadway theater would no longer hold the event. Bill Ottman, a co-founder of Minds based in Wilton... uh. C-O-N-N, is that Connecticut? Oh, gosh, am I American?
1: I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I would assume so
0: two Canadians just not knowing how America works, said planners were considering their legal options to force the theatre to live up to its agreement to host the gathering. A party at the Human Village Brewing Company in Pittman will go on as planned on August 31st, he said. Ottman said he is also searching for an alternative venue nearby for the conference. He said the invited speakers represent a broad spectrum of political views. I totally respect and understand if people disagree with some of the people's ideas, Ottman said. No one is endorsing anyone's views daryl l jenkins executive director of one people's project an activist group based in new brunswick hey we have a new brunswick in canada new jersey called the lineup of speakers the worst of the worst holding such an event he said is like picking a fight and um
1: words of violence
0: yeah uh, another person who is not a fan of the event also said we don't want south jersey being used as a platform for these far-right extremists and I love how, okay, who are these far-right extremists who are supposedly going to the event? Here we go. We have Tim Poole, who became known for coverage of Occupy in 2011, but now describes himself a disaffected liberal. Clearly, very far just right. very far-right. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Chen, a contributor to conservative websites... Okay.
1: White nationalists. Well, yeah,
0: pretty much. And Josephine Mathias, uh, the only black speaker on the agenda, who is posted against the Philadelphia LGBTQ flag, saying sexual orientation does not equal race or ethnicity.
1: Is some black guy going there?
0: I don't think so this time, okay. Derek. No. Um, but she's right about that. Like, mm. blackness and LGBTQ identities are not the same. So I, I don't know what their issue is there. Um, and the. Protester also continued that for us, this is about community self-defense. So here's the thing. Um, if you've bought tickets, obviously we're still promoting the event. The event is still happening. It's still going to be a lot of fun. The event organizers, including Tim Pool, have said they have many contingencies. So this event will happen. It will be a lot of fun. And look, I'm not a brave person. We, like, we filmed one protest one time, and I was like, all right, no, thank you. <laughs> like, I am not an Andy No go into the thick of it. Like, I'm afraid of people like trying to hurt my face. It's not going to happen. I am still, I have so much trust in the event organizers, these guys, who really care yeah, about our safety that...
1: Well, there was a bomb threat the last time we went, right? Yeah. And we're trying to
0: sell this um, event, by the way.
1: This, <laughs> no, um, but I mean, everything was fine. They yeah. handled it like, like absolute chance. They're in close communication That's why they probably with the police had, and... Yeah. Oh, it was fine. It was fake, yeah, by these, the way, of course. Yeah.
0: But. These guys, they they know their stuff. They're great organizers.
1: Yeah, and that's why I think that they, like, because we do need to find a new venue now, but I, mm-hmm. because of all of the experiences that they've had, I'm sure that in no time we'll have something set up.
0: Yeah, and actually Tim also said in one of his videos, he posted about this, that the last contingency he has, like, it's impossible for anyone to stop it. So this event is happening. If you are in the New Jersey area or somewhere nearby, I encourage you to still get the tickets because, I mean, to me, what's so frustrating about is that, like, look, A, this is, like, mostly Liberals. Like, left-of-center people. Yeah. Um, this is a private event. It's not like we're hosting, a, you know, a straight pride parade throughout the town. This is a private event. If you don't want to hear these opinions, you do not have to. You don't have to buy a ticket. You don't have to come. Like, this literally does not affect these people at all. But these... These guys are such authoritarian busybodies. They can't even stand the idea that somewhere someone might be having a conversation they don't like. Um, So I say we need to give these people the middle finger and just have a great event, have strong attendance and show them, look, you can talk about this and no one's going to get hurt. I think like the spiciest that I can imagine... Uh, panel is probably the one on immigration, um, that has me and Daisy, who's also, I guess, like, right-wing, but still ni- neither of us are white supremacists, white nationalists. I mean, I want borders, which I guess may be enough for them to dislike me, but this is a total overreaction. Vice also ran an article about this as well. I mean, at the very least, I hope this, this gets the event more, uh, like, traction. press and traction.
1: Yeah, I hope so, too. Definitely.
0: Yeah, um, so... They yeah they also in vice described how these douchebags aren't just happy with getting the theater to back out they're also trying to get the bar where the after party is being well, held I, to cancel as well. I
1: noticed that the bar was conveniently named, named in the article right. Yeah. Here's the location and here's the phone number probably. Yeah. And what by the have way you. they say
0: it's still happening so far we'll wink, see. Wink wink.
1: You know nudge um, nudge. Yeah. Yeah absolutely the whole that article was just repugnant frankly.
0: Yeah um and so. I mean, to me, I don't know how you feel about it. I've never heard of an event that I don't like hosting speakers that I don't care for and thought to myself, man, I need to, I need to get the venue to kick them out. Like, I need to make some phone calls. I need to hack into some social media accounts. I need to make some violent online threats just to make sure it doesn't happen. I've never thought that.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, but that's because we don't subscribe to an ideology that thinks that words are violence, right? Yeah, You know, that's it's true. just a, a backwards ideology. Yeah, and
0: even the fact that they said this is community self-defense. Like, yeah, that's,
1: exactly. They have that mentality. What? And just the way that they portrayed all the organizations there, no hate or whatever it is. It's yeah. like all these, yeah, they're very, I'm sure that that's all they're about, right? Yeah, no they just don't want no, hate, yeah. right? They're
0: just anti-fascists who
1: Where, are yeah. trying
0: to silence the speech of, you know, actually other progressives, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's I, I can't imagine how anyone still supports Antifa at this point. If you buy still that oh they're just they're anti-fascist like how, I mean, Democratic, like Republic of North Korea right? I mean it's it doesn't mean anything just because they call themselves that. Their actions are totally thuggish. I mean this is terrorism, frankly. Like you're you're threatening violence to against civilians to stifle political opinions. Like I, I don't know what else to call this. Um, so, you know, please come. This is going to be a lot of fun. Again, irl.minds.com. Um, use code Lauren. We need to make sure that these people know you can't keep throwing hissy fits about things you don't like and expect everybody to kowtow and just bow down before you. That's not how the real world works as, as, you're, as an adult. Um, you know, the panels are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I'm going to be on one with immigration. I think Michael Rowlands Uh, who is a very outspoken male feminist is going to be on that same panel. There's also, I think it's going to be like two more right-wing people, two progressive people. Um, I'm also hosting a panel about changing your opinions with, Sargon's going to be on it, um, Shoe on Head. It's going to be a lot of fun this will happen, and I hope we can see you guys there again. I don't have enough good things to say about the MythCon guys. We've been to several events hosted by them. Um, It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be safe. It's going to be educational, and we can't wait to see you guys there. All right, so moving on. When was the last time you watched The Simpsons?
1: I don't know if I ever really watched them, frankly. I think I watched them a couple times when I was in my teens, maybe, but like, Ten years ago, at best. Yeah, you know?
0: I mean, I I was one of the people that I loved the Simpsons. I mean, I saw the Simpsons movie like opening day. Oh, I saw yeah. it several yeah, I saw times. Um, I there was a time, probably like my early teens, was when I was like most into it, where I would watch it every Sunday. It was on. I think like I don't 8 think I was PM. allowed.
1: Frankly, I don't think I was. I wasn't allowed a lot of those shows. Family Guy, none yeah. of them. Well, not well Family Guy was
0: age. more risque than the Simpsons, I think.
1: Yeah, but by the time I was allowed to watch them, like I, I felt like I was too old for the Simpsons. You know, I was too cool for that.
0: Yeah. Mopey, uh, angsty, adolescent, Liam. But yeah, I <laughs> loved it. Um, it used to be one of my favorites, but I think like a lot of people, frankly, I haven't watched it in years. Years. Yeah. I can't remember the last...
1: A lot of people are on the same boat, though, I Yeah, think.
0: last time I tuned in for a new episode. Uh, so if, if you're familiar at all with The Simpsons, which I'm sure most of us are, at least in some capacity, you'll know that it was it was never a politically correct show, at least traditionally. I mean, mm-hmm. you have an alcoholic father who literally strangles his son that's not great um you know the fact that he's drunk all the time going to a bar is like a constant yeah. gag uh you have a rude loud kid that says eat my shorts which by today's standard is nothing but i mean like in the like 90s i was like oh my gosh can't believe it clutching my pearls um and you also have characters that represent pretty much every stereotype imaginable right you have absolutely like, cletus the slack-jawed yokel there's like jokes about incest among them like they don't have teeth they're dumb um you have like the italian pizza guy you have like i mean every the closeted gay assistant like every stereotype is represented on that show and it's funny um but lately aside from the decline i think in overall quality uh something's changed with the humor on that show and this is something i can tell even from not watching it really because it keeps coming up in the news um it seems as if they've taken like the blue pill Uh, complete with all of the obligatory orange man bad takes. So the other day there was an episode that I, in my opinion, featured some of the worst, most cringy, least funny Trump parody work that I maybe have ever seen.
1: I thought it was ironic for a little bit. Yeah, Uh, right, it's
0: hard to believe that it it was real, but we, we have a clip of that, we can all enjoy it together.
1: So many problems, tariffs, I need a distraction. They shouldn't be in America. No one but me in America. No taxes for me in America. This is my natural herricka. We're more American than your wife. She's not a big presence in my life. Your love life makes us heave. You two will never see Tel Aviv. You're greasing your palm with the monuments. It's okay with God says, my pants. Your bar is Johnson without the class. Can't wait to see you behind prison glass. Your nose is right up Putin's ass. We say it's time to impeach you fast.
0: I'm not particularly hard to make laugh, but I didn't find that. I mean, you watched the clip. like Yeah,
1: and it goes on for longer than that, too. We didn't use it all, but yeah, yeah I mean, that was... Pretty cringy, honestly.
0: Yeah, I felt uncomfortable watching that. If that, that clip was posted on YouTube, you can see, according to the like ratio, we are not alone, <laughs> no. in our disapproval of that not was, surprising. was not well received. Um, so yeah, there we clearly have Trump, we have The Squad, Tlaib, AOC, Omar. Um, yeah, so this was, like, for a cable series, shockingly low effort. Like, there was, all around, this was just a fail. I mean... Yeah, you got Trump's hair, haha, like so funny. They rhymed America with hairica. Like, you, so, I mean, I know rhyming's hard, but I feel like we could try a little bit more than that. Um, just all, all of the lyrics, like, ha, Trump likes Putin. Yeah. But I'm um, so edgy and original. Uh, I I can't believe someone got paid to write that. Like last week, um, we did a segment. Uh, about Mia Khalifa, and we watched a bit of the like, non sexual part of one of her porn videos.
1: Like, yeah, and, the plot. Yeah, to like, laugh un- unironically, at the, writing, the plot. Yeah.
0: Um, th- th- that's on par with what I just that's saw. It's pretty good, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think one is worse than the other. I mean, the, the other one had, the, the porn actually had twists and turns I wasn't expecting. <sighs> Maybe that actually has a leg up on this segment. Uh, goodness. Um, just like, yeah, the orange skin, small hands. So so clever, um, and also the song in general. Not really a song. Like, does it have a melody? Like, what, no, what was I mean, that? I, I don't even know. Was it supposed to be a musical number?
1: It goes on, and then Trump gets exhausted dancing with Biden. I think it is, and
0: I don't this, even know what's yeah. that. Like, the, at one point after we didn't show it because we are very afraid of being copyright struck by Fox. Um, there's like uh, all of the Democratic presidential candidates um, doing the can can line, and it's like I literally cannot tell who is who because the animation is just so like, there's no distinguishing characteristics. So it's just all in all.
1: Much like the Democratic uh, candidates, but Very yeah. Very
0: good. Uh, yeah, so this was just, I don't know. that Like literally music, writing, relevancy, voice acting, the Trump impersonation was terrible. This was just, this was just bad, right? And I'm not saying this because I feel like I need to defend President Trump always. I think as a comedy show, Obviously, the Simpsons should be able to make fun of Trump, um, and, and th- I could be funny, but it's like, they're not even, like, making fun of the president. They're literally just, like, spouting unfunny, woke commentary that, like, late-night TV shows and Twitter is, is yeah.
1: saying. And and it's come a long way, right? The, the Simpsons did not used to be this way at all. No. They used to be, you know, it used to be edgy. They did have episodes back in the day where it was, I think, Homer Simpson versus... Uh, uh, George Bush Sr. Yeah. Right? H-W. And, and those were, yeah, those were fun, a lot of them. And they were a little, little bit better than this stuff. But this is just, it's so weak. It's incredible.
0: Yeah, you know? I mean, I'm not a particularly funny person. I feel like I could have done better than this. And, I mean, like you say, The Simpsons wasn't always like this. And, again, like, it's not just that this was poorly written and unfunny, but this is also such obvious pandering yes. to, like, the woke crowd um but if we fast or sorry if we rewind i think like two years ago we see that the simpsons was actually making fun of like this whole progressive lefty nonsense and if you look at the show's humor historically like it was anti-establishment and right now that wokeness right that's you can't get more establishment than that so i mean two years ago they were more on the money with i think their where their humor usually had been like laughing at these people we have that clip as well
1: what's happened to this place yeah this was the home of ruthless media disruptor Samuel F.B. Morse. Who's his successor? That fellow? Fellow. That word is cisgender normative, okay? You're worse than Hitler. Too late for flattery. I'm not giving this school a dime. Bleep, bloop, blorp. I am a robot, too. My father was a toaster. He's in bot phase. That's unbelievably offensive. Microaggression, cultural appropriation, offensive. offensive, offensive, offensive. Dear Lord, those teachers made them too human.
0: I mean, that, I'm not gonna lie, that wasn't necessarily super funny.
1: I only had a chuckle at the Hitler joke. That Either? Was, you know, but.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, but it was like, it was funnier than the Trump thing. Yeah, that was like
1: boomer meme funny. Yeah, but that that was I mean, basically still, it was still. It was. Like yeah.
0: it was Better than what we just saw, right? Um, you know, definitely not bowing down to the woke crowd. And no. like I said, if you look back at the, the Simpsons humor when it started, I think that's kind of it's it's in the same theme, right? It's it's kind of laughing at people who are overly sensitive when yeah. it comes to humor, which they which they have done. Um, it's a
1: show based on stereotypes, like we said.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that. Where things kind of started to change for The Simpsons, or at least when I noticed it, uh, was with the whole Apu thing.
1: Yeah, that was, a, that was. I mean, we actually had a whole episode on that, I think back in Un- Uncensored. We? Yeah, we, we covered that. I don't remember. Um, we did a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah, we did. Well, we did like 160 Uncensored episodes. Yeah. One of them was about a- 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 Apu, because they had made a whole documentary on the problem, the problem with, with Apu. Apu. Yeah, it was um, this...
0: Overly sensitive. He calls himself a comedian. Yeah. Again, never made me, me laugh. But yeah, he's this Indian filmmaker, Indian American.
1: Yeah. Because uh, if you don't know The Simpsons, uh, Apu is like a Indian. Uh, what do they call them? The corner store in the states. He owns a yeah. corner store, basically.
0: A convenience store.
1: Convenience store. Yeah. Here in um, Quebec,
0: we call them Defenders, which is Yeah. Why we're that's struggling why I was for the, the translation. <laughs> but yeah, so he he runs the quickie mart, and he's like a, a stereotype about Indians. Yeah. But he's actually. He's a fully fleshed out character, right? He has a family, a wife that we've seen his character deal with at each point in, you know, the marriage and having kids. I think someone kids. pointed
1: out actually he's like the second smartest guy in The Simpsons, like yeah. barring Lisa. Like he's always smarter than everybody else.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, through him, there's actually an entire episode that takes place in India, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so he's actually one of my favorite characters if, if I look at all of the secondary characters on the show, I like Apu. I also like Willie the Scotsman. Another stereotype. But very
1: stereotypical. But we have less problems with that one. And that's, yeah, that's like a
0: it's not pretty a good nasty
1: one. stereotype yeah, that have like for him. Yeah, he's like a
0: ginger, unibrow, so angry, always drinking.
1: Not particularly good looking. Yeah, he's always... Yeah, not
0: very bright. It's not a very flattering stereotype.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but we're
0: fine with that one because it's of a Scotsman, so that's all right. Uh, so ever since this guy started complaining about it, released his documentary... The push against Apu kind of got a lot more movement. Um, people online were supporting it, outraged that not only was this a stereotype, but that he was also vo- voiced by a white guy.
1: Yeah, an Italian fellow. An
0: Italian. Oh, are we? Are they not white? Uh,
1: um, maybe I'm making a distinction. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Um, so yeah, I think it's Hank Azaria, who also vo- voices a bunch of different characters. He voiced Apu. Then this is like cultural... Pro- he's not even... He's doing an accent. It's mocking them. People were upset, and I think a lot of us were... Like we just rolled our eyes. We were, many people were hoping that the Simpsons would just ignore it. Don't try to pander these people because they'd never be, they're never gonna be satisfied. But I mean, the Simpsons right. actually did respond in an episode and it wasn't necessarily an apology, but it also wasn't like the hard line in the sand F you that I would have liked it to be. And we, again, we have that clip here.
1: Well, what am I supposed to do?
0: It's hard to say. Something that started decades ago and was applauded and inoffensive is now politically incorrect. What can you do? Some things will be dealt with at a later date. If at all. So the next evolution of wokeness that we've seen from The Simpsons, at least from where I'm standing, was when they did that little promo image for the U.S. women's soccer team. This oh, that's was, right. This was yeah. pretty recently. Um, so I don't think um, like promoting the U.S. women's soccer team in and of itself is woke. Because, you know, it's your national team. You should be proud. That's fine. But the way that they did it definitely was. And and we have that image from, like, their official social media account. Um, So it says, welcome, champs. And you have all of the, like, animated members of the team. Definitely you see Megan Rapinoe there. And it says underneath on a banner congratulating them. They're drawn like the Simpsons. It's not the White House, but come on in. So this was at a time when I think Megan Rapinoe was saying, oh, I wouldn't go to the White House if I were invited and there was that controversy. So this is them kind of like poking fun at Trump, I guess. And not only that, but the little uh, comment that they posted with it, and this is from Facebook, says, next equal pay.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so, uh, exactly. So like,
0: they didn't, it promoting the team isn't necessarily a political statement, but the way they did it definitely was. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. And. And they've been, like, there's virtue signaling that they're doing. Maybe it's a little bit of a low blow, I guess. But to me, it's kind of funny considering, like, Matt Groening, one of the creators of The Simpsons, was just record Like, uh, there's allegations of him being on Epstein's jet, you know, getting foot massages from underage people that claim they were e- Epstein's, you know, uh, being abused by him sexually. Yeah. So, uh, you know, foot massages or whatever, I don't know. But it's interesting that he's this guy is But that's But so that's woke. how
0: male feminism works. Like, yeah. you, you can... Like be a creep. It's okay as long as you advocate for equal pay. Yeah, that's how that's
1: how it works. It is shocking the overlap between being a male feminist and being like sexually deviant and abusive of women.
0: Yeah, we I. did like an entire video, but like yeah. I, I don't think it's fair to say, oh, if you're a male feminist, you're definitely gonna be a scumbag. But I feel like if we're talking about statistical probabilities, it's much higher. Yeah, much higher. Um, so I don't know. I think the Simpsons was bad. The Simpsons was bad before it got woke, right? I mean, yeah. we've all—I've stopped watching it long before that. So I know when the uh, whole women's soccer thing. Um, oopsie! Someone is saying that the mic connection is cutting in and out. No, hmm. it's, I think so. Okay, no. cool. Um, so, I guess I can't say that I'm gonna boycott them because it sucks because. I've long since stopped watching and I think most people are the same, but I mean, something that we were talking about earlier is maybe maybe they're trying this as a way to kind of get more attention. We have a graph that looks at The Simpsons viewership over the years. Yeah. And we can see that, I mean, at its height, million viewers for the first season and then now they're on season 27 which i mean is a huge feat in and of itself congrats to them i guess uh but it's yeah it's taken a nosedive we're at 4 million now and it's every season has fewer viewers than the one before it so maybe this is that was just
1: up to 2016 i believe too so who knows what they're at now
0: maybe this is a way to try and get some more media attention and say hey like look at us we're woke now um, yeah,
1: and I think so in some ways we kind of play into that. We're giving them their outrage kind of marketing in some yeah. sense. I'm not but watching it, though. No, I'm not watching it. I'm pretty sure that almost nobody that we're, you know, talking to is going to be yeah, watching and us either.
0: I feel like when you look at the, I don't know, the popularity of the viewpoints they're now espousing, um, I think they're going to alienate a lot more people than they, they're going to attract. So I don't know. If, if I were them and I wanted to reinvigorate the show, I'd work on being funny again. Rather than being woke. I mean, I guess it's easier to be woke than to be funny.
1: Well, especially, I mean, to be fair, it's 27 seasons or whatever it is. Like yeah. You probably have exhausted a lot of your material, to give <laughs> yeah. them credit.
0: But Very true. They
1: okay. should just let it die.
0: I agree. They, they should have it let it die to a long time it's ago. It's
1: a classic show. Yeah. Kill it.
0: So our final segment has to do with cheating, specifically women cheating. So, I mean, infidelity... Cheating—it's a that's a subject that's caused a lot of people a lot of heartbreak, and it's one of those issues that no matter where you are on the political spectrum, left, right, whether you're a man or a woman, I think we we can all agree that it's a crappy thing to do and a, a crappy thing to have happen to you, right? That's—I mean, what else is there to say yeah, about it?
1: Of course, it's um, one of the worst things, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I. I devastating i i would imagine i don't think i've been cheated on but i am not like we i hope um but according to one researcher though if you're a man whose wife cheated on you have no fear she actually did it because she loves you Mm. isn't that just super heartwarming yeah great to find out um this is from the independent uh they report women cheat because they love their husbands and want to save their marriages according to new book Alicia Walker, a Missouri State University professor, made the surprising claim in The Secret Lives of Cheating Wives after a year of interviewing unfaithful women. Walker spoke to more than 50 women aged 24 to 65 after placing a request for case studies on married dating site Ashley Madison and says she found that women who cheat typically do not want to leave their marriages, rather they are simply looking for sex and orgasms. Oh, that's much more virtuous then. Than actually, if you're unhappy in a marriage, just being honest with your partner and leaving, right? Much better well, to hide, hide it and, and cheat behind uh, it. I, I, I
1: don't think leaving is ever an option, but it's still...
0: It's more of an option than cheating.
1: Like, I all mean, of both, these both things both are, end terrible. End are smacking, yeah. But yeah.
0: Um, so Walker said, more than half of the women I talked to, 26 to be precise, said, I'm in a sexless marriage or I'm not having orgasms and that's why I'm cheating. Knowing the majority of these women had no interest in finding a new mate at this age, Walker wanted to uncover why these women, who claimed to quote, love their husbands, were cheating on them. She found that for many of the women, the choice to cheat was not a spontaneous one, but one made out of necessity. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It was I I had it's a life to, or death situation. Yeah, I had to cheat on my husband. I couldn't just like communicate my frustration with right. our sex life try to be open with it um nope just had to go and cheat
1: yeah i find it really hilarious to me that she's basing her data her book i think it is off yeah. of like interviews with women that cheat, like, as if the women that cheat are going to say, oh, I'm actually scum of the earth, I cheated. Yeah. They're going to say, oh, no, I'm actually virtuous for my cheating. Yeah. Of course they're going to say that. They're the ones doing it.
0: And, I mean, of course there is something to be gained in at least hearing why they, how they justify their cheating, but it seems like this researcher is actually taking them at face value. Yes. Like, I mean, I think I would more accurately say they frame it as... I have to do this. But she's like, no, it makes perfect sense. Of course they would do that. Um, The article continues, she found, oh, sorry. The article continues discussing her unexpected discovery. Walker said, it was very much this calculated, deliberate decision to get what they were missing from their marriages, which for them was orgasms, and they were really cheating to stay married, which is... Quite surprising. Some might say quite manipulative yeah. and just awful. Interested no, in maybe surprising. keeping their
1: husbands' resources and, yeah. and status or whatever it is, uh, but you know, yeah. actually having a relationship with someone on the side. Not
0: actually wanting to leave their husbands because at that age they likely yes, will not exactly. find another mate. Uh, but yeah, just have something on the side, and I guess that's how they justify it. Uh, the article says the majority of women Walker spoke to said they seek sexual relationships outside of their marriages because they are not having their physical needs met by their husbands and feel this is the only way to save their marriage. Um, I don't. I think they're more concerned with say, or I guess, um, satisfying their own physical needs rather than saving their marriage. Like, if you want to save your marriage, this is like. This is full-on a selfish decision they are making to make themselves happy, Mm -hmm. not for their relationship. Um, Some revealed decade-long dry spells led them in search of orgasms elsewhere, with the only other option being to leave their husbands. I'm sorry, but I'm trying to imagine a situation where it's literally cheat or leave your husband.
1: Yeah, I can't. I mean, mean, like, the very worst case, it's like, you know, take care of it yourself. Whatever it is, right? Like, you know... There's, there's a lot of other things you could do. Yeah. You know, so. and I
0: mean, even imagine, like, usually... I mean, I, I'm trying to think of, like, the husband is just like, no, I refuse to touch you. I refuse to try new things, to spice up the bedroom. Um, because, you know, yeah, if you're married for decades on end, maybe you do need to put a little more work to make it still exciting. But still, that's a conversation that you have. You don't know? just, like, oh, well, hop on Ashley Madison, I guess. Uh, the article says, One woman Walker interviewed said she made her decision when she realized... Taking care of yourself wasn't a good enough replacement for sex while another wife said it took her kneeling on her knees, sobbing, for her to realize she had to cheat or quote, I will leave him. Surprisingly, many of the women Walker interviewed revealed that having their orgasms needs met made them better wives and better mothers and their biggest concern was protecting their marriage i just i need to cheat to be a good mom yeah absolutely i don't know how else to describe it yeah
1: it brings a tear to my eye these women's so
0: noble upon hearing the lengths the wives would go to which included vetting their sexual partners to ensure there would be no emotional attachment to doing everything they could to make sure their husbands would never find out all in an effort to keep their marriages from falling apart. Oh, these noble women, the lengths they had to go to to hide their affairs from their husband just to make sure their marriages would succeed. Oh, my goodness. Um, wh- yeah, here we go. Walker described the phenomenon as heartbreaking. I don't think she thinks it's heartbreaking for the right reasons, though. No,
1: it's, it's insane, honestly. Oh, gosh. And we had a friend, actually, that... Um, Argued for this, but for the for the opposite sex, right? Saying that you know, as a man, if I cheat with my wife, it's you know, I still want to, I still love her, but maybe I just need something else, and I'll make be a better father and husband for. Yeah. And it's like, even though, sure, like sex is a little bit different biologically for men and socially for men in some ways. I still think they're both horrible arguments. Yes. As a thought experiment, just imagine if that article was actually reverse. right? Yeah. uh, They would. They
0: would. No way be as much justifying and kind of, like, whitewashing it as they were doing if it were men. No, they'd be
1: horrible. It would be patriarchal. Like, you know, it would be literally... Men are
0: scummy, can't be trusted.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, so this is just... I know, like, I saw this headline circulating on social media people were like outraged by it and i you know sometimes you read an article and like the headline is clickbaity or it doesn't really relate to what's actually described no this one was like bang on uh the content of the article just as outrageous as the headline and i mean it just it's it's the the kind of trying to justify it that really frustrates me because, I mean, yeah, crappy people exist out there, but I think the very least you can do if you have cheated is admit that it was a crappy thing to do, right? Like, admit, like, yeah, I was being selfish. Uh, I wasn't considering the feelings of my partner. I was putting my own needs before their emotional well-being, and it was a bad thing to do and I regret it, and I would never do it again. That's the mentality you're supposed to have if you are one of these women, not, I had to. It actually, doing it made me a a better wife and mother.
1: It's exactly like the Alyssa Milano situation that we spoke about earlier. Yeah. I had two abortions, but I had to. Look, it made me better for it. Yeah. And, you know, they just, they convinced themselves that, they're happier for it and therefore it was yeah. good. So like you know? not
0: only are they making bad decisions, which admittedly everybody does make, this is an extreme example of it, but you're also, you're trying to justify it. So you ha- like, you're not even the bad guy, which no. is so frustrating because it's like, not only are we making these bad decisions, I feel so often, but our culture, we're like not even able to condemn them. Like we're not even to accept the fact that we, we've done something wrong. I feel like, and we were kind of, we kind of, touched upon this the other day, like we don't have enough shame in our culture.
1: Oh yeah. I, yeah, ser- I like agree like that, that. I
0: mean that sounds like me, but we really don't. Um sometimes you deserve to feel bad about yourself because you've mm. done a bad thing and that's okay. That's that's your conscience. I feel like if you don't feel shame You don't have a conscience because everybody screws up at some point, and it's natural that we're disappointed with ourselves when we do. That's a good thing because ideally, it prevents you from screwing up in the future. Yeah,
1: it's like that whole feminist mentality of like he must love me at my worst. Yeah, because you don't. Yeah, exactly. It's like. Yeah, it's mind boggling to me. We're all, we all make a lot of bad mistakes and we should all work on getting better. It's not, exactly your flaws are not something to be celebrated. celebrated. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they've actually like done studies about this and um, people who feel like they need to strive to improve themselves with their partners actually end up having healthier and happier marriages.
1: Shocking nobody. <laughs> exactly.
0: You know? I mean, so, I mean, with these women, if, if, if what you're doing really makes you a better wife, then you should be able to tell your husband about it. Right. I feel like if it involves you lying to him this much, you're not really a better wife because he would be in all likelihood completely heartbroken if he found out. Um, and so it I mean, whether it's men doing it or women doing it, it's just so sad to hear about. And the article also mentions that um, middle aged women were more likely to do this. Women in their 40s um mm-hmm. So I think there's, like, maybe some midlife crisis stuff going on there. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe at that age, women are getting older. Perhaps they don't feel as sexually desirable. Um, you know, maybe they're, they're feeling like their husbands are, like, not appreciating them enough. Those feelings are normal, I would imagine, if you've been in a marriage for a long time and you can't control those feelings, but you can control how you deal with them, right? There are healthy ways to deal with these midlife crises, which are very common, uh, especially, like, as a woman, like your body's changing, maybe you're not turning heads like you used to, like, that's, that's natural, um, you don't need to go on some trashy online, like, cheating site in order to feel physically validated by men again, like, that's the worst thing you can do, um, yeah, and it's just, like, if you do, like, it's just the, I don't know, the, the justifications of it are what shocks me, the most, and I feel like this isn't the first time we've seen some sort of article, kind of almost promoting cuckoldry.
1: Yeah, I guess that's what it is.
0: Yeah, there. I mean, there have been articles in the past where it's actually been argued, I think, by a male feminist, that like letting his wife sleep <laughs> with other people was the like the feminist thing to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. Those people, I don't, I don't like talking even about them. Like they drive me insane. It just, it's like my lizard brain just turns on. That's all. It's just, yeah. I don't like them. I don't like them, and, I, and that whole mentality. I don't think the women like them either because they're clearly really wanting They like, want to sleep with another man, so it's just I don't think anybody likes male feminists as a general rule, particularly ones that are into that kind of thing. So,
0: yeah. Anyway, it's just it's just very depressing. Um, worried about the state of marriage, and like that's the thing. Like, you know, these people that they're described like they're in their forties, and I think our current generation, like millennials, we have. A lot to learn about marriage but if you look at the decay the decline of like strong family values it didn't start with us right the boomers are where the divorce rate really skyrocketed i mean the people who are in their 40s now they're not our generation they're happy to cheat on their husbands like for a long time our society has just been really degrading the value of family and marriage and it's just yeah this this was depressing to me i i feel bad for these husbands I I don't know what else to say about it. I guess that's a very depressing note to end on. Oh, actually, no, I have a happy note to end on. PewDiePie got married.
1: Oh, yeah, we forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and uh, with Marcia, I think it's his girlfriend. So they've been together a long time. I
1: think seven years. Yeah. Long time.
0: Good looking couple. They look happy together.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, for that's them.
0: that's that'll be our They're good people, our happy little message that we send off on. Um, but aside from that, I think that's all we have to say for the show. Um, don't forget expressvpncom Lauren if you want to protect yourself online. Also, um, you know the Minds event August thirty first august 31st in new jersey if you're around we'd love to see you there but aside from that uh, we'll see you next time and if you are watching this live please stay on this stream because we're going to be back in just a few seconds with some exclusive exclusive q a and uh, we'll see you next time